up, honeys? Welcome back to another episode of Empowerment Honey. We are going to do our two-week recap and kind of go over the end of our 50-day migration that me and Ellie both wrapped up at the beginning of last week. So Ellie, how did your week go and then how did the migration challenge go? Yes, um, my week went pretty well. I have been slowly still eating more veggies in my diet, still kind of struggling with it, but I think I'm doing a lot better now since like when we first started with the 50 days. And I've also been eating a lot more fruits, excuse me, just like practicing more mindfulness when I eat and whatnot. Um, Overall, I feel like the 50 days has made me realize that I think I want to stay sober at least for longer periods of time I just feel like my body feels better when I'm sober I like just obviously make better decisions sober so I think the challenge really made me realize that that might be the best route for myself um I read quite a few really good books during it and then I started journaling as well um right now I'm about to wrap up my last book that I started right before finishing the challenge. It's called Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. It's super good. It's like one of those like kind of self-help, self-motivating books, but you also have to journal along with it. Um, That's cool. Really like it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And she also has like a podcast herself and like Instagram page and YouTube and all of that as well. And um, her book has just been really helpful. So that's probably my biggest takeaway from our 50-day migration for myself. So if you just want to chat about how your week has been and then how how you finished up the challenge as well. Yeah, so um, I guess my the last two weeks have been um, pretty good overall. I think, you know, kind of getting towards the end of the challenge, I probably wasn't as focused as I was in the beginning. Um, but going forward, I think I learned a lot about um, just eating a lot more fruits, being mindful about getting out and moving my body. I think also, I also kind of, um, not that I necessarily want to stop drinking for longer periods of time, but I felt that I've really learned to control myself when going out and having drinks with friends um, rather than like there's different specials obviously all around Grand Forks. It's a college town. So just having like one or two drinks versus, um, you know, sharing like a pitcher of beer with my boyfriend or having more drinks because just because they're on special. So I felt that throughout the 50 days, I really did well with that. Um, and I've felt better as well. Uh, so I think that's really great. As for exercising, I think that's where I always struggle the most with, or what I always struggle the most with. So going forward, I really just want to buckle down and do that because I think I did really well with eating and sleeping and journaling slash meditating. Um, I think I kind of got some of those things down well. Yeah. And I feel like as like spring approaches and the time change and everything, like you're getting more daylight. So I feel like it'll be a lot easier to get outside, be active, 
Yeah, we went on a walk with Archie on the day that it was like almost 50 degrees. And I'm like, if it was, yeah, I was like, if it was like this every day, like I would take Archie because we have the bike path that's only like a block away from our house. And I'm like, I would do that all the time. And I didn't take advantage of it, I feel like last year. So this year, I'm definitely going to get out with Archie and do that. That's awesome. I feel like we both like learned very valuable like lessons and habits through this 50 day migration. And then maybe like in the future, maybe closer towards summer, we'll do something similar, less days or yeah, know, like always. Up yeah. As well. So yeah, I'm so proud of you. You look great. by yes. the way. Yes. Thank you. You as well. I'm sure you are just happy to be in California now and yeah. Yeah. That also was like a whole other challenge was sticking to like our daily tasks on top of moving, job search, all of that. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot, but I'm slowly settling in. So yes. All right. Well, I am going to tell you guys what this week's episode is about. I'm super excited. We have a special guest and it is my sister. Her name is Abby Watkins. She's currently a student at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising here in downtown LA. And she is going to chat with us about her career goals. So, all right, Abby, welcome. Hi, guys. I'm excited to be here. Um, I guess I'll just kind of introduce myself. So, like my sister said, um, I've been attending FIDM in downtown LA now. I'm wrapping up my fourth year. So my first two years, I got my associates in merchandise product development and then my advanced associates in international manufacturing product development. And I'm wrapping up my bachelor's in business management. And like between the last four years, I've kind of like jumped around in like what I want to do in fashion. Like my first, about like two and a half years um, in LA, I actually interned for a couple major celebrity stylists and I realized it just wasn't my cup of tea. I wanted to be more in like the actual creating of the garment. So I went back and did my advanced associates where we actually partner with a major global company. So I worked for CSI, which is Color Solutions International, where they pretty much just focus mainly on like trends and colors and creating um, just aspects to hand over to the companies like Marc Jacobs, Nordstrom's, that kind of thing, telling them what's going to be happening in the years to come. And then after I finished up that degree, I've just been kind of like hanging out because the pandemic wrapping up my bachelor's in business. For sure. But I actually just landed an internship in January with a company called Almost There. And I'm really excited about it. Their whole thing is pretty much just being super exclusive, um, inclusive, but also allowing um, sustainability to be at the forefront of everything they do. So I've been really just learning how to do like made to order dresses, designing for um, sizes extra small to 5X, that kind of thing, all the product development mixture with design. And yeah, that's mainly what I've been up to um, and what FITM has been like, um, the brief of it at least. <laughs> yeah, quick nutshell of Abby's for you. <laughs> All right, so we're just gonna go back and forth and ask Abby questions pertaining to her career, career goals and her current time at FITM. 
Yeah. And I just want to say before we get into the questions, that's super cool that you get to work with. Um, I mean, I feel like it's almost every girl's dream to like be a, you know, stylist and creating products. And I just think that's super cool from a marketing standpoint. So fangirling a little bit, being able to talk to you about all of this and hearing about how you got there and your goals and whatnot. So I guess I can start it off with the first question. Um, what drew you to the fa fashion industry and how old are you currently or how old were you? Um, so I kind of found fashion, like I feel like I always really, we always cared, like our mom like always tried to like dress us cute and like matching and so like from a really young age we've always like cared about what we put on our bodies because it truly does make you feel good when like when you're feeling yourself like you're gonna have a good day yeah um, and so but I really like realized I wanted to pursue it like as a career I was probably like 12 or 13 it was seventh grade my English teacher Mrs. Roll um was really into it and like we would always have really like um, unique and fun conversations and I actually wrote my first paper for that grade um, on Coco Chanel and like I don't know if you guys are like familiar with like what she went through but like she pretty much was like homeless and like ended up in like foster care and just had like a really really rough child upbringing um, and I I could be totally telling the story wrong but I just remember it just being horrible everything she went through and then now she's like a household name making like her company she's passed away unfortunately like in the 80s I believe um but like she's still like her name is still making millions and millions yes. of dollars like yeah tens of years later um and I just found that really fascinating just her whole story and what she went through and then um coming into eighth grade my facts teacher Deb McKay was like oh Bidum um is like really prevalent in like the clubs like DECA, FBLA, FCCLA, so she knew about it, and she just, like, kind of, like, slid it over and was, like, here's this thing. I don't know if you'd be interested in it, but um, it made me think of you, and I just ran with it because, um, like, it just is something that I never thought of, like, at that point, like, the thought of, like, leaving North Dakota <laughs> so far away, like, my little baby brain was, like, whoa, this is, this is crazy easy and I'm like but I have to do it like it just like it's so like perfect and meant to be so I just became like really relentless and obsessed with like the idea um and that's kind of like where it flowed yeah that's super cool I think like I knew that I wanted to do marketing from a really young age and like my uncle he kind of like we always would talk about like marketing and graphic designing and like one day I think he just said something and then from like that point on like that's all I thought about from that point like going further so that's cool that you kind of hit that point too and like then you're just kind of came obsessed with it awesome yes and then speaking of small towns like you had mentioned growing up in North Dakota how did growing up in a small town affect your influence on fashion um in the way like just like dressing myself I always felt like it was a fun way to like explain who I am and just be creative with my everyday life um and it was really truly like my only outlet at the time being in a small town in North Dakota um but I just remember like people would be like why are you dressed up like it's Monday and I'm just like let like let me feel myself let me yeah. like feel life and so I just knew like 
just the general way like Midwest people view like the creative arts, I just feel like it's not appreciated enough. Um, and so that really made me be like, okay, there's no way I can stay here and do what I like, follow this path that's like calling me. And so I just knew like, Fitum was my way out. Um, LA would be like where I could fully express myself and like dive deeper into what I can create or what my possibilities in the industry even are. And I think it, that whole passion really like burned in me when I developed like a <laughs> fashion club um, and just like our superintendent didn't take it seriously at all. Like the, um, I know it's like the clubs and like sports director just didn't take it seriously at all. Like I know the club would get made fun of, but I'm like that club allowed me to pay for like over half my tuition for the last four years. So it's like, I knew the more like chased after what like I was passionate about and what made sense to me, the closer I was to my goal. And um, anyone who didn't believe it or like didn't see the vision, I just like, I didn't even care. Like I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. Anyone who has a say that it's not gonna happen, it just like, they'll see, I guess. Yeah, kind of like a, I'm gonna prove them wrong. Like, I think that's super cool. Yeah, being from a small town, I can't even imagine and I think that's cool like from a young age you're like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna create this club and that's really awesome and I'm sure that kind of lit a fire inside of you so like going forward after or during high school um, or during college like how do you stay motivated to pursue those career goals I think um when I finished my first degree at FITM, I kind of had like this aha moment. I actually remember like Ellie was like, most people like don't even last two years in LA and like you're already past that point. Like this is a really big deal. Like this is something that you've been looking for for over a decade now. And I was kind of like, okay, yes. Like I accomplished that goal I said I was going to. Like my first goal, the way I look at it when you're like thinking, okay, I have this big thing I want to accomplish. Um, like when I was younger, I would literally like type, how do you accomplish your goals? Or like, <laughs> I would literally, <laughs> it's so funny. I remember like I'd sit on, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh so hard. I would sit on YouTube and like Google motivational speeches. <laughs> so I literally remember yeah. going up to her room and she was like watching a YouTube like motivational speech. And I was like, what is this? It looks like it's for athletes. And Abby's like, not an athlete. So I was so confused. <laughs> but they'd be like, you never give up. Just like super intense. And I would just be like, yes, I'm never giving up. <laughs> so but Google motivational speakers on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, like Disney Channel who I guess like, <laughs> I found YouTube before the world did, really, but um, <laughs> I, like, lost my train of thought. What was the question? Uh, how do you, or how did you stay motivated to pursue your goals? <laughs> YouTube, apparently. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. Um, no, but, like, right now, I guess it's, like, okay, I accomplished this goal, and now I need to see, like, what's that next tiny little step that's going to get me to the big goal of having my own plus size company like what's gonna make me like leap onto that and so right now like getting really specific like when I worked with CSI and under IMPD I did like a wellness collection and they didn't really allow me to do plus size which I was kind of ticked off about um 
And I really had to fight my way through that program and like really explain to them like where I want to take my collection, why it needs to go there. And it's just interesting because as much as they disagreed with me, because it was all for 2022, I was like right on the knob. Like yeah, industry and like athleisure wear go hand in hand, like so heavy right now. And like Mm -hmm. Fabletics is exploding with their plus size collection. Athleta just launched a new one. And so I think like when I'm finishing up um, my internship and this like last full quarter I have at Pitom, I really want to look at just like being in um, the industry, like athleisure wear industry for plus size women specifically. Cause I think it goes along pretty well with like empowerment, honey. Like when women are wanting to like better themselves or even just like feel beautiful and sexy and casual wear, like I I feel like it's just not there for all sizes right now. And so I really want to add towards that and just empower them. Like you can accomplish your goals. You can have a great day without having to like wear heels and a dress. Like you can wear like just relaxed clothing and still look bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, like you kind of mentioned, is that like any big company right now, like all of them are trying to be more inclusive. And like, if they're not inclusive, they're honestly not doing well, in my opinion. Like I've seen so many brands that I've started following that have, like, that's like the main thing on their page is extra small through 5X or whatever it is. Like, yeah, that's super awesome. And I think that's definitely the way the industry is going is just being inclusive to everyone for sure. Yes, I, I agree as well. And I think, yeah, totally seems like right on trend with what you were trying to explain while you were doing that work with them. So, oh, so proud of you. Um, (laughs) So kind of switching gears, we're going to talk about your college now. How did you just, Side on the Fashion Institute of De- Design and Merchandising as your college choice, and did you consider any other colleges? Um, so that kind of like goes back into like why I started like a fit and fashion club my sophomore year of high school. I also was like heavily involved in like FCCLA, DECA, FBLA, mm-hmm. um, my like community grand grounded clubs like Key Club and volunteering and FITM was like the only college at that time that really had a ton of scholarships like I mean and it was all geared like I just had to be in FCCLA to get a four-year long scholarship Um, wow and even though it was like small it's still like they had that for FCCLA FBLA DECA they had a bunch of them for my FITM fashion club and so it was like okay, I have all of these resources, like, handed over to me so easily, like, just, like, being an FCCLA, show up to a monthly meeting, that's not hard, um, and that, like, really pushed me, and I'm, like, okay, FITM is the, really the only, like, option I have here, because not only am I going to be able to pay for most of my tuition through scholarships, but I'm also, like, have, we have family here, it's warmer than New York City, (laughs) Chicago, um, and it's so much cheaper than New York City or San Francisco, and, like, city-wise, this was the one that just made the most sense, and the only other, um, like, fashion school, like, on this level in Southern California is Otis, and they were just, like, super more, like, um, art driven where FITM is like really driven to like get you in the industry and get you that job you want and I was like okay yes like I need to make some money like this is what's more important um, especially when you're living in LA because the prices are like astronomically different than North Dakota 
found that out pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, I've only lived in North Dakota my whole life, so I'm sure it would be a very big price shock. <laughs> so going back into fashion, who is your biggest influence in fashion and who is your biggest motivation to keep pursuing your goals? My biggest influence, I feel like I never really have, like, a solid set one. I think it's just because, like, being plus-sized my whole life and not seeing my body portrayed in these, like, incredible brands really, like, pissed me off, if I can say that on this podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I just was, like, I want to do better. Like, I see what they're doing. It's incredible work. But, like, I can do better. I can make it better. Um, but like, I definitely would like pull inspiration from different things, like influencers, like really being able to see like that pop up as like a young adolescent and seeing where it's taking the fashion industry is really interesting. So I feel like the whole like plus size body positivity movement, um, Tess Holiday, like everything she's been doing to be, um, extra inclusive and bringing awareness on these topics that like was such taboo when I was younger um is just really what like motivates me and inspires me um because it's not even like I guess like Christian Siriano is really the only like big um label that really pushed for body positivity before everyone else did and now I just kind of see all these incredible brands be like oh well I guess I need to look good too I'll jump on the bandwagon and that's great for people that are my size or larger or a little smaller because like we finally are getting that like recognition but it's still like like the genuineness isn't there you know what I mean and that's something that like really inspires me is to like bring the genuineness to the table bring that incredible like design and thought process to like bodies that are like mine and I think like at the end of the day, like everything I do and why I've said I wanted to do this for this long amount of time is because like my parents are like my entire world and like being able to give back to them what they've allowed um, Ellie and I to really live out like our wildest fantasies and dreams. Like that has always been like the ultimate driving force. Yes, I think that's super incredible. I. I completely agree with you that, you know, everyone is kind of hopping on that bandwagon of creating inclusive sizes and stuff, but is there really that thought process? Um, because you still see models that they say are like plus size, but like sometimes they're not truly a plus size lady in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm designing a collection um, for like spring, summer for the brand I'm working with right now. And it's like, we'll look at like our competitors and I think it was like Nasty Gal and they had like their plus size section and it was 12 to like 18, I believe. And the model that was wearing the dress <laughs> probably looked like a, at most a size six. I was like, there's just like, they just don't care. Like they act like they do to like get the clout, but like everything past that, like you can just tell like it's for a quick buck. And it's just really sad because like, that's the one thing I've really learned is like, that's what the fashion industry is really about is just to like hop on that trend and like get the money and go on to the next. Yeah. Have you seen the gal on TikTok where she does like a realistic, like try on hauls of like, we're we're obsessed with her. Yeah. Yeah, We are obsessed with. Yeah. And she got like 
she got like a little thing in vogue and stuff about like her trying on like all these things and one brand that i thought kind of stood out was abercrombie i guess they're doing like all the way up to like size 36 or 38 or something in the waist and then like i don't know if it's up to like two or three xl for like shirts and stuff but like growing up i loved shopping at abercrombie but like it sucked because i was like I would have to get an Excel and either I would be like embarrassed to buy that size or like it just like wouldn't fit. It was just like still like a probably a size medium shirt. Um, That's something like I think growing up too like Ellie and I just have such different bodies like in height and weight um, and just our build. And I remember like specifically like shopping with her and my mom for like back to school clothes and like I would have to like wear like Maurice's or like mom clothes because that's all that could like fit my body. And that's another thing I really like comprehended and like was grasping in middle school. And that's like kind of portrayed me back to like why. And like dad will be mad if I don't say this, but like dad was like, you have to make clothes for plus women. Like you and your mom complain about it all the time. Like there's no clothes out there they aren't cute and it's like and the companies that do say they make bigger clothing like shame you for it or like it's backed up in a little corner and it's just like yeah for what like we're all human we all deserve to yeah yeah and it's like and it, it yeah and it's like they have these like little sections in stores that are like oh this is for the plus size gals and there's like five racks and like yeah, i don't know yeah it's really like to be on the back end of it it's really sad because like they do go for like the cheaper patterns the cheaper prints like what can we get this in bulk and it's like there's no thought process like if I see one more like a line skirt with a floral print from like (laughs) like 2012 I'm gonna scream (laughs) like I just can't and like I'll say like it's interesting because I've learned so much about sustainability and transparency but also this whole like thought process of inclusion because Forever 21 and like ASOS and Zara and all of them will be like, oh, we're inclusive. Um, we have this, that, and that. And it's like, that's great. But how you treat the people making the clothes matters too. Like yeah. you need to take the inclusivity and the sustainability and transparency and really merge it together because like, it's great that you have these like bigger clothes, but if you're buying a top for $5 and like, there's like children making your clothes like you gotta understand like what the whole story is so I just feel like that's another thing like hardly anyone is doing too because like when I go shopping like I'll admit it like half my closet's ASOS because it's like it's the only thing that like is kind of bridging that gap that like there's great incredible garments that are thought out and like made well but also like inclusive but I just feel like they need to do better with their sustainability because like forever 21, I've just like completely given, given up yeah. everything that they've done, like how many times they've got caught and like their prices are just like, so like strikingly low. Like there's not a doubt in mind that like there's terrible things that went on to like make that garment. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think everything that's going on in the world that with body positive body positivity is really opening up like everyone's mind to hopefully include you know sizes from extra small all the way up to five six whatever xl yeah 
Definitely. I think like just listening to you talk like makes me happy that there's people in this industry that truly care about everyone's body types. So yes, care about body types and like the sustainability of the product, the thought process behind the product, the garments, yeah. all of that. Like there needs to be more people as passionate about this as you are in the fashion industry because it's not like plus sizes is just gonna disappear someday you know like it's only just gonna become like probably more and more popular in the next few years since body positivity has gotten so much more like relevant in today's society especially on social media for sure um so um we just have like a couple more questions for you abby so once you obtain your degree at Bitum, what is your plans going forward? Um, so I'll be done like completely in June and I'm hoping by then I'll definitely have like a full-time position, fingers crossed. Everything is kind of up in the air with COVID. Like it's really hard to get a job in all like areas in LA, but so I'm not gonna be too picky, but it'd be nice to end up somewhere that's doing plus size or that's interested in doing plus size, um, like Good American has been on my radar, Fabletics, um, Reformation, um, Mod Cloth, but it's just like I said again, it's kind of like the luck of the draw, like, oh yeah, yeah. Have me. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool, and I think the, one of the last questions we have is, what is one of your favorite experiences while at FITM or in the fashion industry in general? Um, so when I did IMPD my third year and we um, partnered with CSI, we went to Europe for like two weeks um, where we went like trend forecasting. We met up with different manufacturers. Um, we met the person who like makes the tweed and like feathers for Chanel. Um, they also do stuff for like all the like big ateliers and like um paris and that surrounding area that was really incredible and like going to premiere vision but um i would just say like that whole experience like seeing where fashion can take you because they kind of like it's interesting like you can tell when we went to europe like the vice president of my school was with us and like you could really tell like they were trying to show us like if you do well in this like in this area like this could be very like a current for you like this won't be your last time here doing this exact like whole thing, if that makes sense. But um, I think that was like really powerful to me. Um, another thing was like when I worked with like celebrity stylists and I'd be on like big sets and like we did on um, my hair campaign with Scarlett Johansson once and like that was just really incredible. Like just being able to see like insane talented creatives and being around them and like knowing you're in the same room as them is really powerful because it's just like, like there's so much possibility there um and I just never like I know like I I'll say this like when I have this big crazy dream and goal like I never told myself no and that's the one thing I really want to drive home through this whole podcast is like don't be the person that tells you no like yeah. don't don't be it the whole world will tell you no but if you tell yourself yes like, there's nothing that's going to get in your way um but and it was just like that moment like on that set I was like okay like I had never told myself no and like this is where I am and I'm I think I was like 19 or 20 at the time and it's just like just keep on telling yourself yes I guess <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Well, we're all going to start saying yes to new things and new challenges now. Um, but thank you so much, Abby, for joining us today. I'm so glad we got to sit down and kind of chat about this. Um, Abby's my sister and I knew like quite a bit of her story, but I didn't know all the details and like, I don't always know what she's doing at school and fit them and stuff. So it was really cool to hear some of your stories where some of your inspiration comes from and your motivation. And I'm just so proud of you and so happy to call you my sister. And just thank you so much for joining us today and answering all of our questions. And I know you definitely have motivated me to leave North Dakota <laughs> and motivate a lot of other women as well. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, it's been amazing talking to you about this. And I think, uh, I hope even if it just like inspires one person, like, don't say no to yourself um, and just like keep going, following your goals and your dreams and seeing that you did that from the age of 13 and you're still pursuing it. Um, that's super awesome. And thank you very much for coming on. All right. Bye, Abby. Bye, Abby. All right, honeys. Well, that was awesome to chat with everyone with my sister. So we're just going to kind of wrap up this week's episode and we're going to stick with like the whole goals motivation for our quote for this week. I found this one on Pinterest, of course, and it just kind of like hit me, especially is hitting me now after Abby's um, whole story and whatnot. So the quote for this week is great things never came from comfort zones. And I think Abby definitely portrays this. She's from a tiny town in North Dakota as myself. And now she's living in downtown LA and she's accomplished so many awesome things. So I can't wait to see where the rest of her journey or her migration takes her with everything. Um, but I, yeah, I just love this quote. It just really spoke to me this week. Yeah, and I think it definitely completely fits the whole entire episode for sure. So good, good quote to leave on. Yeah. Bye, honeys. Have a good week, honeys.